Welcome to Making More Money for You with Magnus Carter. Whether you feel that you don't have enough money to start investing or are under the preconceived notion that investing is only for the wealthy, Magnus and his expert guests are here to help you. Now here is your host, Magnus Carter. Well, hello, everybody. It is Tuesday once again. I can't believe the week flew by extremely fast, as it always does. Uh, and uh, two-day weekend needs to really extend to three days or, or longer if we can. But last week, I talked about uh, opportunities, how to start looking for them, how we always miss them, and to not to be able to turn your opportunities into regret, but actually a learning experience of what to look for for the next time when they come around. So if you have any questions, you know, that was last week's show. So if you get a, get a moment, uh, tune in and check it out. Might be something on there that you might be actually missing more opportunities than you actually think. So this week's show is going to be a more, not really traditional way of investing money, but we're actually going to talk about how we shred debt. And with me, I have Adam Carroll of the Shred Method. Welcome to the show, Adam. Thank you so much, Magnus. It's good to be here with you. Oh, excellent. Um, I'm actually quite intrigued about this particular uh, method that you you talk about. I went through some of uh, I, I actually became an affiliate with you because I, I'm actually that intrigued with it that I would actually use this for myself. And that's one big part of the show is finding things and resources that people can use that do what they say they do. And I was actually very impressed with the videos that I started watching and, you know, that's you start talking about. But before we get into that, what made you start, what brought you to the realization of the shred method and a little bit about your background here? Well, I'm going to indict myself maybe a little bit. I was a mortgage <laughs> broker for a number of years. Oh, and no. <laughs> I, before that, I was working for a mortgage company who shall remain nameless, but was uh, responsible for a large part of the mortgage meltdown in 06 and 07. And I didn't, I didn't know what I didn't know when I started working for them. I thought we were just helping people get into homes and we were providing this great resource. And little did I know that the company I was working for was actually building products that would make it harder and harder for people to ever really build wealth. Um, they might get a home, but they would never actually pay down the debt. It was just constantly putting them in a state of uh, perpetual indebtedness. And so Magnus, when I was um, originating loans, it occurred to me that every time someone refinanced a mortgage, they were resetting the clock back to zero. And you probably know this as well as anybody that the first one to five years of your mortgage, the lion's share of the payment is interest. Yes. And most people will only stay in their home about five to six or seven years. And so it occurred to me that there had to be a better way of blasting away debt, something the banks knew that we didn't. And I started really questioning that and discovered the shred method. Okay. Well, that that is a lot of facts right there because during that time frame, they were giving loans out to anybody with a pulse. We, uh, at the time, you're spot on. At the time, we were doing what we called internally liar's loans and the liar's loans were stated income, stated assets. So you didn't have to ever prove your income, didn't have to prove how much money you had in the bank. And they would come with maybe a one or two or 3% higher interest rate. But literally anyone could buy any size home, whether they could afford it or not with one of these liar's loans. 
Um, and then to boot, they started making them in 40-year amortization. And we're talking about 50-year AM loans, <laughs> like financing over 50 years. 50 years? The only the only real winner for a 50-year loan is the the bank on that because 100%. once you, you know, you can only work so long, you'd be working someone that's 35 years old, you're working off till you're 85 years old to pay that loan off. And you paid five, what five times in interest what the house is actually worth easily, easily. And, and the, the kicker was this, right? They knew that these folks would never pay off their mortgages. They assumed that the homes would always appreciate in value. So there would be something there if the person sold. Um, and the third piece of this puzzle was that they knew they just needed more loans to turn around and sell to the secondary market or to the stock market, you know, so that if pension funds and other institutional investors were buying these loans in huge hundred million, 500 million, billion dollar packages, they just needed more loans to sell. So it didn't really matter if they were performing or not, or if they would ever be good for the borrower. It was more about, can we sell these to investors, you know, after the fact. And if they did sell them to the inv investors and it, it did not perform, it's a tax write-off. So they'll take it as a loss and they still went out of it. That's exactly right. <laughs> yeah. They'll go, Oh, sorry, we didn't make any money. We'll write off the losses. And you know, this, the shareholders were the ones that were really holding the bag. Hmm. Yeah. And the shareholders don't really like losing profits, especially in, in any instance or any demographic, if you will. Yep. <laughs> okay. So, so you had the back end. You seen what actually was going on there in that time because, I in that time frame, I was actually looking to buy a house myself, and I'm glad I didn't because something just, you know, had me hold off on it and you know keep saving money and keep saving money, and whatnot. And then one, uh, actually, the floor fell out of out of everything. Um, you know, there's complete chaos all over the place. Not only were banks in trouble, but pretty much the whole economy was at, in trouble with that. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was about that time in like 07, 08 that I had started going around looking for, you know, something alternative that I could share with my, my borrowers, with my clients. Okay. And my wife and I had actually bought a home in 2010. And we're in that home for about two years before I really fully started using the shred method. But between 2012, when I got really intentional about using it and maybe August of 2015, somewhere in there, uh, we paid off a $250,000 mortgage using the, the program. And it was not on crazy income. I mean, this is, you know, normal uh, dual income household type income that we were able to knock it out completely in three and a half years. Okay. Plus, uh, we talked a little bit earlier, you also have kids and you did it with kids in the we mix did. as we well. Three kids who have this terrible habit of eating four times a day or more. <laughs> and, um, you know, despite that, despite the expense of raising kids and uh, saving for college and all those kinds of things, the shred method, what it really does is it, it teaches you how to make your income as efficient as humanly possible. And for most people, their income just isn't that efficient. It sits in uh, low or non-interest bearing accounts while they keep hundreds of thousands of dollars in borrowed money, you know, against their home and their car, student loans, et cetera. So our goal really is to help people achieve some level of freedom that they didn't think was possible before being introduced to the method. 
Okay. That that makes a lot of sense, especially um, as I went through school, and I'm sure you went through – I know when you went through school, the times have not changed where they do not tell us how to use money and how to actually generate – how to actually make your money generate wealth out of it. You know, we're we're constantly taught to be in the perpetual cycle of, okay, well, I'll buy on time with this and I'll buy on time with that. And we never get ahead with, especially with those high interest rates. Yeah, it's, and I think it's gotten worse. I mean, I don't, I don't know your age. I'm in my late, my upper forties. Um, they did not teach us money when I was in right. school. Uh, we got, as I'm sure students do today, we got a pre-approved credit card offer in our mailbox in the dorms the first week <laughs> of school. And that $500 card that I got as a freshman ballooned to an $8,000 debt by the time I was a senior. And um, today, you know, the the challenge is that the money is even more unreal. It's more abstract because these, you know, the students that are in school right now, teenagers and 20 somethings, they're passing money around through Venmo and Zelle and the cash app and all these other, you know, uh, services that make money feel less and less tangible. Mm -hmm. And so it's easy to spend it, right? I mean, we'll hit one click ship on Amazon for $47, but it's hard to part with a $50 bill when you're in the store, you know, and there's something to that. I completely agree on that aspect of it because as we're talking about balloons and whatnot, I actually went to a bank to to consolidate my credit cards because instead of paying 22, 23% interest bank, I've been dealing with for 10, 15 years, Went in, it's like, okay, well, I'll take a loan out. I took a, out uh, a good bit of, of money, and I'm still um, still a network engineer, so I'm a senior network engineer, so I have the income. My house is paid off. I don't have student loans. My car is almost paid off or, yeah. or actually ahead, and they denied me a loan. Why? But I, I honestly don't know. They can, They cannot tell me a reason why they denied me a loan. But they gave me a credit card with twenty four thousand dollars. At at what percent? Fifteen, twenty percent, probably. Uh, thirteen, and if I missed, it would go up to twenty one. Yeah. So thirteen percent, right? Yeah, I you know, and I'm not going to vilify the banks. Oh um, no, we all could. Uh, yes. You know, it's a business. Uh, they're there to make money, but I also maintain, and we tell our clients this all the time: we are the bank's compound interest vehicle. Right. You know, the banks are making money on us drive around within a two mile radius of anybody's house. There's probably half a dozen to 20 banks, uh, you know, buildings that have been constructed. There's two $10 million bank buildings within a nine iron of my house. And, um, it's just like, this is insane how, how, uh, aggressive they're building some of these buildings, despite the fact that they won't be profitable for some time. No, I agree. Yeah. Um, It's a strange world and it feels like the more we we use money in the wrong ways, the easier it becomes. Uh, What I'm looking at is we, we easily get into debt, especially the, as you were a mortgage broker and you worked for a bank, you know, nobody has the time to sit there and read the 80 page document of a mortgage. Yep. The ins and outs of it. We're, we're I'm lucky if I get out of there without a hand cramp. <laughs> yeah, totally. We counted on it. 
I mean, we, we would flip through the truth and lending disclosure, which is a document that tells you exactly how much you'll pay on your mortgage over the course of 30 years. If you pay, you know, made the same monthly payment for 30 years and we would skip over it. We would show it to people and say, this is just the government's way of depressing you. You won't be in your home that long anyway. And then we sign here, we flip right past it. And today, uh, you know, what I'm teaching people is you actually do want to see the, tr the truth and lending disclosure and the amortization table of your mortgage, because in it is where the truth lies. And the truth is that when you borrow whatever amount of money you're borrowing for a home and you're paying, you know, in most cases, 80 to 90% interest in those first 36 payments, mm -hmm. um, th there is there is a ton of money to be saved if you know what to do strategically in the first two or three, you know, one to three years of your mortgage. Okay. So after working through, working through that and actually realizing this information, how did you start developing the shred method? Well, candidly, I, I, um, I found a piece of software that was helping you do all the calculations and I became a white label uh, agent of that software. And in okay. 2020, uh, the gentleman who had, who had owned the company, uh, ended up passing away and we procured the source code from his family, um, and have been building it kind of in his honor and his memory ever since. So I, I wish I could say I was the smart one who figured out the math. Um, right. I did not do that. There are, there are way smarter mathematicians that built that algorithm. Um, but I think what I, my background is really in education. And so the reason I liked it and wanted to share it with people is I think people need to be educated. And I've been a financial educator for 20 years on high school and college campuses. And, um, and it occurred to me that as I, as, as I aged out of that market, um, I could help their parents. I could help homeowners. I could help business owners that wanted to be out of debt sooner. Um, so I wish I could say it was me. But I think okay. we've perfected it, Magnus. I think we've we've worked really hard, my team and I, on figuring out how to make a system that works, whether you're in the US, you're in Canada. Uh, we have some folks in the UK that are using it. And um, candidly, this this used to be known as an Australian mortgage. And there's some some history behind that. But um, the, the the way this works may not be as new, but the shred method and how we've organized it to create freedom for people within about 10 years is brand new and that we're excited about wow 10 years so it does this matter on the size of the mortgage or the length of the term lengths or anything or is that are these little variables that have to be in the software to calculate yeah yeah a little bit more <laughs> of the latter we need all those details to calculate exactly how fast someone could be out of debt but okay. for the majority of our clients, they are done, done, like no more debt whatsoever within three to seven years using the, the math. And what it really is, it's hinging on is your income versus your expenses. So how much okay. discretionary income do you have and your, your level of uh, intentionality and stick-to-itiveness. You know, if you're consistent uh, on using this model, you will notice a massive, massive decrease in debt and an expansion of wealth faster than you can imagine. Because essentially what we're doing is we're clawing back a bunch of the money from the banker, right? If someone's used to paying 20 or $30,000 a year to the bank in interest, imagine what happens when maybe you're only paying 
10 or 15 or four, um, you know, we're at a point where we spend about $2,500 a year in interest on our mortgage. And, and we've used the shred method very effectively to get there. Yeah. Wow. That's definitely, you can go on that extra vacation then <laughs> as long as you plan for it. hundred <laughs> percent. That I think that's the biggest, I don't know what your background is, but it looks lovely. Uh, if you're oh, watching that, us that's YouTube. the Bahamas, <laughs> the Bahamas. So, you know, there are people who will say, oh, I get one good vacation a year or one every other year for that matter. Some people take them right. one every five years. They're going to drop, you know, seven, five to 10 grand, whatever it is on a vacation. And for the last several years, my family and I have figured out we can actually take really nice vacations multiple a year because of the amount of money that we're not spending on interest as a result of what we've done. Um, and then there's a, there's a passive income component mm -hmm. as you get further down the road with the shred method that, that will also help you just build the lifestyle that you most want. And that's, it's important to know where you want to go or, or actually where you want to be. But a lot of people don't know how to get to A to B because D, F, and G are in the mix there somewhere, but they don't understand which point to go to for next. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. And I think, you know, the my, my two cents on that is that shows like yours, uh, other podcasts in the financial space, you can find mentors, you can buy programs that will teach you how to do that. Um, but if you're not educating yourself about how to get ahead, then you're likely falling behind. And, um, you know, what I tell people is you just have to begin. It's, it's just about learning, taking the first few steps in faith, finding someone that's living a life you want to live and doing what they're doing and see if they'll, they'll coach and guide you along the way. Oh, yes. I have, honestly, I've been very fortunate in that aspect, uh, learning about investing at such an early age, uh, going to my IT career, which I'm still currently in, and also in my publishing career as well. The mentors that I have had through all these transitions, I would not be where I'm at today without their help and guidance. Honestly. So Yeah, it's amazing. Um <laughs> it's amazing what a good mentor will do. Yeah, you know, where they'll take you. They tend to, yeah, and actually with the men I found out Actually, looking back at things, if I didn't have a mentor, I would still probably be in phase two where I'm actually in phase four right now because I'd still either be finding excuses, uh, procrastinating as as much as I could, or spending money where it shouldn't have been spent. You know, as, as we're talking right here, is your, your shred technique and your shred method is you know, eliminating the debt that's going into someone else's hands where it should be staying in my pocket, where I could yeah. use it as a tool to get what I want, what I want yeah. to need. Yeah. Yeah. You're spot on. Um, we, we have a theory about that. You could probably concur or deny on this, but uh, I think that most people, what they do, they get their paycheck, the paycheck goes into a checking account and slowly, but surely the checking account dwindles. So they'll with through every swipe of their debit card or withdraw from an ATM machine, that account just kind of drips slowly down. And we're programmed to look at that and go, I'm good because I still have X amount in my checking. You know, wh whatever no your number is, if it's 500 or 5,000 or 50, and you go, I'm good because I still have that amount in there. So I I'm good to keep spending. And we do, we spend whatever's in that account because it's there. 
And so one of the like fundamental principles of the shred method is that idle money is actually dangerous money yes. <laughs> because idle money sitting there is where people are like, Oh, well, let's go out to eat. And, and they're like, yeah, let's have a second bottle of wine or let's do the, you know, the super expensive version of whatever we're going out for because we have all this extra money in the account. And I think sometimes we do that without, like you said, a vision of where we want to go and how we're going to get there. So if someone says, I really want to be financially free and you go, well, just don't eat out, you know, just don't eat out as much. Don't, don't go have, don't have the second bottle of wine. Don't do the expensive dinner or don't not share an entree with your spouse or whatever it is. Um, people go, yeah, but it's, I'm here and I, I have money in my account, so I'm good. Right. And so this whole idea around idle money is dangerous money is what we use to help begin to change some of the habits and behaviors that people have around money so that they feel more abundant, but also in the efficiency of their money, they actually can go do those things. They can buy an extra bottle of wine and feel like they're getting ahead at the same time. So it's a, it's a really interesting dichotomy because we're telling people do this first, and then you can go do what you've always done. And, okay. and it seems almost too good to be true for a lot of people, but the, the key is it's not magic, it's math and the math just flat out works. Okay. Um, I, I want, I'm with you 90% of that mm -hmm. instead of actually, I, I don't look at my bank account. When, when I get paid, I look at my bank account. I make sure it's in my bank account. <laughs> and right. then I make sure I pay my bills. And I, I look at each bill and I pay more than at least 15% more than what the minimum balance is for that month. So I know I'm paying ahead. Plus, I'm also paying the interest down. And before I get, before my next paycheck, I'll look at it. I'm like, okay, I have so much left i'm like i'll actually make another payment on it i'll choose a credit card and make an extra payment on normally the one with the, the lower balance so i pay it off faster and it actually works uh as it even though it's an extra payment it looks better on my credit report yeah you're you know in effect you are using some you're using some of the strategies that the shred method would use and, and I would say we could just turn up the volume on it and make it even more efficient. Okay. And as I'm going into the videos and whatnot, and I'm, I'm, I'm like, okay, I'm already do. as you were saying, I had the checklist. I made a checklist of some of the things. I'm like, all right, I'm doing this. I'm doing this. I circled that one. I got to do that one. Oh, this one I suck at. I put an X on. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, I got to start doing, using that one. But I, I agree. Um, and I, I I've always started doing that when I paid off my credit cards the first time around before I got into business and I made a couple bad business decisions. So I'm not going to lie. Um, but also I've, I understood with being an it, there's such a demand for my skills and skill sets. Mm -hmm. I'm able to actually market myself and made myself more, more, um, more desirable. And I got a higher paying job to help pay this off faster. Even though, uh, especially with the inflation, I made sure that my next job and my next paycheck was at least 15% above the 8% inflation rate. So I'm actually making more and, and paying off more money. You're, you were in an interesting field as well in IT because it seemed like over the last three years, there was a, a serious inflation in what salaries were. Oh, yes. Uh, 
and, and so you could almost name your price. And it was like, you want to go somewhere and I'm, I'm worth this. This is what it's going to take. People were willing to pay it. So good on oh, you, man. Oh, I, I thank you very much. It's still the same thing. Uh, when I took this job as I, I did my homework on the job, you have to do your homework on where you want, where the company you're going to the job you're doing. Um, whether it's on Glassdoor or Monster or any or even LinkedIn, uh, seeing what the employees on LinkedIn post. So I did my homework of where I'm going to. It was actually a, pre a previous employer of mine, and I kind of already knew what I was doing. So I'm like, okay, I'm doing this amount. That's it. Don't even bother if it comes back lower. Don't don't bother me. Um, Find me a job within that this time uh, with this range, and we'll talk. And it ended up that the technical company took a cut, so I can take the job and they would get the contract. Wow, nice! And you don't hear that too often. It's not bragging. This is the worlds we live in, especially if your skills are very desirable no and doubt. in demand. No doubt. And it comes it comes to the fact of also negotiations. Yeah, we would call that playing good offense, <laughs> right? In every relationship, I think you've got to play financially. Um, or if you're a single person, you got to play good offense and good defense together, right? right. You got to play both of them together. And as a couple, what we found, my wife and I, is that I play really good offense and she plays really good defense. So she's all about saving money, trying to figure out deals and coupons and you know, why we should buy here, when, and all those kinds of things. She'll spend extra time on purchases okay. and usually saves 10 or 20, in some cases, 50 or 80%. Um, and then I, I, like you, I'm constantly figuring out how do we make more money? How do we create more income streams mm -hmm. so that we can shred faster, so we can create freedom faster? Um, so yeah, you got to play both offense and defense. Wow. That's... Um... This information here, a lot of people are, are out there wondering how how people, how we are actually doing it. And this is what one of the main things of the show mm -hmm. is actually showing people of all, you know, no matter where you come from, we all have a story and we all have where we need to go. It, it's someone resonates with maybe a couple of things that I said, a couple, a lot of things that maybe you said, and they make it their own. And we're keeping the jargon out of it. If if you haven't noticed that all this stuff that we're talking about, we're talking plain English. We are not using the bank terms. We're not using investing terms. And that's the way when I was approached about this show and, and the guests that I have on and their talent and their education, if we can, if we can teach on this level, anything's possible. So I should not talk about the sharp ratio? We can talk about that. We can definitely <laughs> talk about that. We just, we, when we come back, we'll definitely get more into uh, HELUC, the fire movement, the shred yeah. method in general. You know, I want, I want to know what makes your method unique and why we should actually start looking at your, the shred method as our, our option to do things from now, yeah. now forward. But until then, we're going to actually take a quick break. And we're when we come back, we're gonna get into meat and potatoes, and also the the, the dessert side of things with the Shrey method and with you, Adam Carroll. 
Follow Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. The latest business information is made simple with the Voice America Business Network. The professionals in the business world bring you live talk radio shows featuring an array of business topics, strategies for building wealth, sales and marketing, stock trading, investing, and business technology. Voice America business hosts are professionals in their fields and bring to the airwaves weekly business discussions that offer up-to-date information, advice, and education. The Voice America Business Network. The bottom line in business talk. Everyone deserves the opportunity to have access to the knowledge to make their own choices when it comes to where their money goes. Listening to Making More Money for You with Magnus Carter will give you that access. Investing isn't just for the wealthy. Making More Money for You, Tuesdays at 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to Making More Money for You with Magnus Carter. If you have any questions for Magnus or his guests, join us on the show at 866-472-5789. That's 866-472-5789. Now back to the show. Here is Magnus Carter. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the show. Or if you're just tuning in, welcome to the show. This show is definitely about shredding debt, getting rid of it, uh, keeping money out of the keeping money in your pockets and not going out to your lenders um, in the form of interest and the things that you buy. So th the first half of the show jam packed with a lot of stuff, uh, a lot of information from what mortgage companies do, how, how do I actually keep you from actually owning your house to actually uh, some ideas of ways to start um, scaling down your debts for with me for the second half of the show, we're going to get into the shred method and we have one of the, the creator of it and foremost uh, tester of it, Adam Carroll. Welcome back to the show, Adam. Thanks Magnus. Thanks for having me. Um, yeah. I'm excited about, about the second half because we'll get into the mechanics i think of how this thing works um if i may i want to say one thing before we start and and it relates to what you just said about keeping more money in your pocket and money out of the out of the bank's pocket there are two great expenses that we have in life in fact the greatest expenses that, that any consumer will have and those two are taxes mm -hmm. and the second is the interest expense on debt and so years ago, someone shared with me that, that little tidbit. And, um, I was connected with a, a really, really talented CPA at the time. And he said, well, listen, let's figure out how we minimize your tax liability legally. And, you know, obviously that's investing in real estate and starting businesses and turning personal expenses into business expenses and all of that. 
But when I started digging into how do you reduce the interest expense on debt, that's where things really got interesting because I maintain that most people have no real concept of how much of their income is burned just like that by paying debt every month. And we call it their, their uh, interest to income ratio, which is how much of your income goes to interest. And if it's significant, if it's 30% or 40% for some people, it's really hard to build wealth when 30 or 40% of your money goes away to debt payments and 30% goes away to taxes in one way, shape or form. Yes, the government always wants their money and doing it legally is the proper way to do it because nobody wants to go to jail and have to pay extra fines and lawyer fees. That's, and what, they going... That's what they say. <laughs> you know, well, it's better better to do it that way than have that option. It's like, oh, hey, we're knocking on your door. You owe us like $80,000 and things that are not, <laughs> that do not meet any of these criteria. So no, I I completely agree with you, and I, I'm I'm intrigued as well as how you learned how to tune down the interest and yep. actually start turning the clock backward, if you will, on actually being able to pay pay the principals on on, on the debt. Yeah. Um, well, I'm going to start with a metaphor because I I find that this is the easiest way to describe what we do. Um, you know, I said at the beginning that that most people's income is not very efficient. So right. we park it in a low or no interest bearing account and slowly it drips out of there all the while we're paying off, uh, you know, hot, a, a, an amortized debt that has a lot of interest against it. And so the, the metaphor I'll give you is this, Magnus, if you were to leave your home in the morning to go to the grocery store, go back home to unload groceries, knowing that you had to go to the post office at 4 p.m., so you had all day at home waiting to go to the post office, but would you leave your car idling in the driveway all day long? No. With four or something a gallon, <laughs> that is just ridiculous of wasting gas. Yeah. It's, <laughs> and it's also inefficient, wear inefficient, wear and tear. Uh, your car might be stolen. You, know, you never know what's going to happen if you just leave your car running in the driveway. Um, but that's what a lot of people do with their paychecks. If you consider your paycheck is your, the gas in your car, if you will, a lot of people will just leave it idling and they leave that money idling in their checking account, savings account, money market account. And we do it under the sometimes faulty information or assumption that we, we have to have six to 12 months worth of living expenses in the bank to weather any storm. You know, there are people who will say you got to have six to 12 months. And I don't totally disagree with having an emergency fund, but I think at some point, and I'll use you as an example, if you lost your job tomorrow, it wouldn't take you 12 months to go find a job. It wouldn't take you six months to go find a job. It would take you about a week, maybe two days to actually go get an offer and get employed. Now, some people may have a harder time finding work, in which case, by all means, have more in an emergency fund. But it also, um, you, you kind of got to question the math. If someone's making $5,000 a month and their expenses are $4,000 a month, right? So there's a $1,000 spread between what they make and what they spend. And the gurus out there will tell you, you need 12 months worth of living expenses in the bank. That's $48,000 that they're saying you need to save 
before you ever go and do anything else, right? So it would take you 48 months to set aside the $48,000 just to have it an emergency fund, right? If you were following that prototypical advice. You follow me so far? I, I definitely understand you right there because yeah. at, even during those 48 months, life happens and that money's going to go down. That's exactly right. It'll go down. Uh, inflation eats it up. Right. Right. I mean, the money we put away five years ago is not worth what it is today or what it was then today. It's not worth the same. It's worth significantly less. Um, so instead, here's what we do. The home that you that you've bought is an asset, and yet we tr and Robert Kiyosaki would say it's a liability because it takes money out of your pocket. And yes. again, I don't totally disagree with that. However, if you're using your home like an asset and you figure out how to play the bank's game, I started asking the question: Do you need forty eight thousand dollars in the bank, or do you need access? to 48,000 or 20,000 or 10,000, do you need access to that money? But the money could be sitting in the equity in your home and you just have a line of credit there to access it when you need it, right? And right. It, it's a calculated risk that we're taking. But at the same time, what we're doing is we're paying, playing the bank's game by actively paying down the mortgage with that extra thousand bucks that we have uh, in discretionary income but but we also turbocharge it. And that's what the shred method is all about. We turbocharge that by one and a half to three times. And we start knocking down the mortgage in huge chunks, which begins shaving years and years off the payoff of your mortgage, which then saves you tens and in most cases, hundreds of thousands of dollars in interest. So we're just reorienting where cash goes and how you have access to it. Um, but it really is the mindset that, that people have to figure out to um, just make the leap from being really safe and secure with money in my checking account to I'm going to reorient my thought process to, you know, function the way a bank does. Okay. Now, this wouldn't, ne wouldn't necessarily have to just be for a mortgage. We can do this with car loans too, correct? Absolutely. Cars, student loans, credit cards. I mean, our goal at the end of the day, our goal in paying off any of the debts is to free up the monthly cash flow, right? So if your car payment, I just had a client yesterday, their car payment is $780, right? It's a healthy wow. car payment, healthy. That's, car a, payment. that's a mortgage payment, right? For many people. <laughs> and I, he said, well, you know, but my interest rate's so low, I'm just going to let that ride. And I said, I understand where you're coming from, but Think about what $780 a month does when you're blasting away debt in record time. And so that's part of our goal is to free up more and more cash flow. And so at the one of the end games here, Magnus, is that we reduce our monthly bills to the near ridiculous. And when your monthly bills get smaller and smaller and smaller, like ours have, financial freedom is that much closer because, you know, you could let's just say, suppose that you're living on $3,000 or $5,000 a month. Okay. So long as you can create a passive income stream of $5,000 a month, which is easier than most people think, then you're financially free because your, your passive income exceeds whatever your monthly bills are. And that's really what we're trying to do. Well, as your bills 
get lower and lower. Five grand goes to four grand, goes to three grand. At three grand how, a month in expenses, how much easier is it to live, you know, from an income standpoint when maybe now you're living on 50 or 60% of your income or 20% of your income for some people instead of 80 or 90%, which is where most people are living. Wow. Yeah, that's that's a that's a healthy jump to actually do that. But we as humans see that extra money as we talked about before is extra stuff to buy things. Yeah. So how is it that you tell your clients don't use it for this, still save some money for the item you want, but yep. use the chunk of the money to get out of debt? It was the book by Ramit Sethi called I Will Teach You to Be Rich. And he okay. said at the very beginning of the book, he said, you can have everything you want so long as you are super intentional about not spending money on the things you don't, right? So if if you don't spend money on the things that don't matter, then you'll have all the money that you want to spend money on the things that do. And, you know, what I tell people quite often, and I, I got started in my 40s, uh, late 30s, early 40s, using the shred method. Yep. But we have clients who are 26. Uh, one of our star pupils is a guy named Austin. And Austin's 26. He'll own his home free and clear in about three and a half years. So at 29 That's or 30, incredible. he'll have no mortgage payment. He's, a, he's an investor, so he wants to buy more properties. And once he understands the shred method, he'll start leveraging the shred method on his rental properties. And so imagine a guy at 26 who has it figured out, who's financially free and will be by the time he's 32 or 35. <laughs> um, you know, he, he's figured it out. He, he heeded the advice, I think, or maybe had it in his mind already. But I said, there's plenty of time to buy stuff. Just do things that are significant. You don't need a bunch of stuff. You just need significant things in your life. And if you're sticking with the significant, which the next generation I think is really good at, they're, they're only buying really what they truly, truly need and things that are significant. They're not just superfluously spending money. I think we could all learn, you know, some, some tidbits around that. Like how do we reduce our consumption and just go to build wealth? Because once you've built wealth, then you can buy the things that matter. You can get those things of significance. You're you're right, and I actually read an article four, five months ago, possibly, that people in their thirties, the millennials and Gen, certain Gen Zers, are actually living at a minimum, ultimate minimum, of lifestyle, so they can retire by the time they hit forty. Yeah, and it is ridiculous that they are doing that, and they're just working normal jobs, totally working as either a barista or some other job that they're they've taken their lifestyle to the bare minimum of mainly just life support stuff and wanting to retire as millionaires by the time they're 40 45 yeah and and you know fascinatingly enough they're doing it and they're doing yeah. it really well successfully um it's known as the fire movement you know it's been branded as that for a number of years now FIRE stands for Financially Independent Retire Early. Um, I, I heard a speaker one time who said she didn't really like the retire early part because people who retire early often will just go into something else. Um, they get bored. They don't, I mean, right. how, how, 
how exciting or meaningful or meaningless would life be unless we find something to do to fill our days if we retire super, super early? She said, I prefer F-I-N-E, which is financially financially independent next endeavor. So once you get to financial independence, just go do whatever you want to do next, be it okay. running a podcast or, you know, volunteering at the food pantry or whatever your thing is, go do that. But that's the next endeavor. Um, and interestingly, for those that are like, oh, how is that even possible? If you think about the math, it, it goes something like this. If you save 10% of everything you make for 40 years, allegedly you're supposed to have enough money you know, at an 8% annual mm -hmm. compounding, you should have enough to live the rest of your life, right? Sure. These guys treat it a little bit differently. They, they say, well, what if you only spent 10 or 20% of your income and the rest went to investments? Instead of taking 40 years to retire, you could do it in 10. So, so long as you have that big shiny pile of money that's now compounding, mm -hmm. um, you know, you're generally good. And, and I think that's where most people don't, they never get there, Magnus, is they never get to the point where they actually start to see money compound. And when okay. you do, it's truly, it's, it's the eighth wonder of the world, just like Albert Einstein said, that when you start to see money compound on itself, um, it's like a snowball that you can't stop. And you, know, you look to Warren Buffett, who's worth 65 or 85 billion, whatever he is today, and the majority of it, all but five billion of it, was created after he was sixty-five years of age. So wow. he, okay. you know, he, he understands the power of compounding, and the next two doublings for him will be massive. That's where we're all headed, hopefully. Maybe not billionaire status, but <laughs> certainly millionaire or decamillionaire. Decamillion, uh, I can handle that. Um... Either which way, uh, I, I do see it, but like you're saying is they want the instant gratification. And I know I had a couple of shows on the instant gratification instead of delay gratification on it. Uh, I'm in the part right now, of my career and my investments where I'm actually putting so much money out. I'm doing a day in a pen way as yep. I'm taking as much money as I can right now and putting it into my investments. Because I know my, I, I don't want the plan B. I don't want to go backwards. I am not, I don't want that anymore. So I'm actually doing that while paying my bills off. But I understand what you're saying is the compounding. I'm, I know that everything's going to start compounding. It's just, yeah. even though I'm, I'm only doing publishing and writing and all this whole, whole thing for two years. And I sit back and I look back at what, people are doing that I started with two years ago, they're getting the word they're going, they're doing their race, but my race is miles down the road to go, but I'm seeing it pick up and it's starting to go down a hill. Well, I'll say this, first of all, kudos to you because you're creating multiple streams. Right. Um, secondly, I think we're all running our own race. And so the comparison game is a dangerous one to play. Right. For anybody that's trying to figure out how to get ahead faster or do whatever, like we're all, we're all taking it at our own pace and our own level of learning and what we're comfortable with. Um, but I, I maintain that we all have to have a long-term and I mean like a 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 year vision, because if we don't have the vision and we're not willing to do the work today, we won't experience what we want to experience 50 years out or 10 years out. 
And, and for most people, they can see about as far as tomorrow or the next weekend. Yeah. And I think that's the biggest difference is many of our shredders, what we start to do is we tell them, listen, we're going to map out what 10 years out looks like. And then we're going to work backwards from that to achieve whatever your goal is. And um, even three or five years out, a lot of people are really amazed with what they can accomplish right. when they put their mind to it. And they, they team up with their partner, their spouse to really figure out how to make that happen. And then you teach your kids how to do it, like game over. <laughs> uh, I have other authors and publishers that are doing the same thing and their kids are, are, are starting to write. They're starting to pick it up. They don't, they, their belief is they don't want to go to college, which mm. is fine. You know, it's, mm -hmm. it's, it's an option, but you need a skill to do something and you have to either solve a problem or create, um, a market for what you're trying to sell. Yep. So, and they're, they're doing that. And, uh, my friends are teaching their, their, uh, their younglings, if you will, how to do this stuff. And they're picking it up super fast and, and they enjoy it. Uh, my one, uh, one of my friends, uh, Sean, uh, me and him collaborate on the, my IUL book, universal index, um, life insurance. Yep. You know, this is kind of similar to an investment that you're talking about, but yep. using life insurance as a, as a vehicle instead, he's doing that with his, his, uh, his brood and like you're doing it with yours. You're teaching, you know, we're, we all have our things and we're teaching the next generation how to do this so they don't make the same mistakes and they have the better tomorrow sooner than we did. Exactly. Right? Exactly. Yeah. Making it easier. I mean, I, I, I by no means want to make it easy on my children. Like I want them to struggle. I want them to understand what it takes to, to make it. Um, and at the same time, as they're learning those lessons, I would like to propel them forward so that they have a life that is, I want to say guaranteed to be successful because I don't know that they will be, but certainly gives them a leg up, right? That's, right. that's the goal. Right. Uh, uh, one of another guest, Jam Taylor, he, he's doing the family business model as, as doing that. And he's doing the same thing. Okay. You want to go do a business? Okay. You can do that. I remember talking to him about this very, very vividly is I'll help you with it, but I'm not going to let you extremely fail. Yes, but but learn the mistakes out of doing it. So, speaking of learning and teach and your teachings and whatnot, how many modules or how many lessons are in the shred method that you break down so that people can actually be successful? Yeah, there's there are probably you're gonna catch me on this, Magnus, because I'm not sure exactly how many there are. I think we have eight or nine different segments that we teach. We're okay. constantly adding to the, to the program. That's part of it. Um, because we're learning things as we go along about mm -hmm. how do you travel for free? Um, because that's obviously a component of this. When we start leveraging credit card points and you're paying off mm -hmm. your credit card every month. So there's no additional interest charges. There's just the benefit of using that. Um, we will continue to add content, but right mm -hmm. now you're probably somewhere in the neighborhood of 10 hours of material that will teach you exactly what to do to leverage the shred method effectively with your income in the course itself. Okay. Wow. Okay. 10 hours is definitely doable, but it, um, not completely 10 hours, but 10 hours from start to finish and taking the time to go back and learn the things that you need to learn. Am I correct? 
Yep. Yep. That's exactly right. That being said, you know, through some of our coaching, we have people who will get started. They sign up today. They would get started tomorrow if the circumstances are right. If they have their, you know, discretionary income mapped out, they've got maybe a line of credit or a shred account in place that we help them teach them how to do. Um, so this, this is something that while you're learning, you could be shredding right now, saving money every single day that right now you're sending to the bank. So wow. the bottom line is don't, you know, don't delay, figure out if this is for you and if it works, get started. Okay. Well, we are at the end of the show already. I can't believe it. Tons of information, great conversation. Uh, but how do we find, how do we start learning more about the shred method and sign up for it? Well, very simply, if you go to theshredmethod.com or follow the link that I'm sure will be in your show notes, mm-hmm. uh, you can get to the site, watch the masterclass, which is basically a, a high level, but somewhat deep dive into what we're, uh, what we're doing on the okay. mathematical level. And you'll know as you watch it, like either this is for me or it's not. Um, and then we, once you watch the masterclass, sign up for a quick 20 minute call with our team. And away we go. So theshredmethod.com. Awesome. I have the links in the uh, show description. I'm going to put them up on the YouTube channel. I will also put them up on all my social media because I am an affiliate with the Shred Method. And since I am affiliate with it, I can give you, by using my link, you get a discount on the method itself by saving $200 if you decide to sign up through my link. Uh, Adam, it was a pleasure talking with you. I thank you for your time. Uh, and this has been extremely educational. Thank you, Magnus. Thanks for having me. Oh, absolutely. Uh, everybody, if you have any questions, please reach out. Uh, my email is mcarter at lpspublishing.com. Uh, find me on social media. Uh, and until next time, get out there. See if you can cut one thing out that you really don't need and put that towards another bill and see if uh, see if that makes you a little bit happier when the bill goes down. This is your host, Magnus Carter. It has been a wonderful show with you, Adam. As always, uh, this is the Making More Money For You show on Voice America Business. Have a wonderful week. Thanks for listening to Making More Money for You with Magnus Carter on the Voice America Business Channel. We look forward to the next show where we will be making more money for you. Until then, have a fantastic week.